Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Jen, thank you so much for agreeing to be on this podcast. I interview incredible people and I'm really excited about this one in particular, and I often say this, but because I feel like your story is so relatable. I feel like there's a lot people are going to get from our discussion today. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, look, I do. I like to tell this story because, you know, so often we don't talk about these things. Yeah. And, you know, we, we hide the backstory and we hide things and you know I, I I won't say I love to tell the story but you know I feel that telling the story might help somebody else and that's so important to me for women to know <clears throat> you know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's exactly why I set up this podcast to just create those expanders for people to see that it's possible to get through some really crappy stuff and actually be way better off better than you ever imagined so oh for context, my gosh yes <laughs> yeah 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 so for context I want to tell everybody by saying that when I first met Jen um she was already this gorgeous energetic confident woman who supports other women to be the same so I didn't really start unpicking the question about how did you get here? I just assumed you always were, Jen. And then when I started understanding your story and that it was through a really difficult marriage and then coming out the other side of divorce, only then did you discover your truly beautiful, confident self. That to me was like, oh, we need to share this. So we yes. share it. Would we you like to expand on that a little bit? Can you tell me, I think let's start in the... As early as you like, we don't need to talk about how did you meet your partner, but I'd love to know why was the marriage not working? What, Who were you then compared to now? So give us that context. And then we can talk about kind of the end of the marriage and how you've been able to evolve. So after a lot of self-discovery, <clears throat> please excuse me, I have a little frog in my throat. Um, I, I realised that what I had done I spent a lot of my life trying to fit into a box, a box that other people thought I should be in. And I realised that I was never meant to be in that box. So through my marriage, I was trying to be who I thought I should be, you know, as a a wife and a mother. Um, But I was married to a, a narcissist. Um, and a gaslighter Mm. and of course you know I just was trying to cram myself so deep like into this little box that so I would become invisible that I would not be I guess you know a a target I guess Um, what did that look like when you said you would become invisible Black. So understand. You would wear a lot of black you would just always wear black you know dark hair 
Yeah, very uncolourful. Um, what about opinions? Well, you know, I had them. Look, I'm very strong-willed and strong-minded and I always have been, you know, which I think was part of the trouble in our marriage. I did not just bow down and <clears throat> do what he thought I should do. Yeah. Um, you know, he... It was funny because it, it just sort of came on very um, slowly, I guess, until the stage where I, um, like, I feel like I, I was just nobody because, you know, he would say things like, you used to be so pretty before you got so fat and ugly. Nobody actually likes you. You're not a nice person. You're a pretty crap mother. Um, you know, you're not showing our daughter anything good. So, you know, you believe all this stuff because... Absolutely. You know, the power of suggestive language is very, very strong. Yeah. Um, and the and power I, of negative words that then amplify uh, the, the mean girl that's inside us anyway, right? It's just collecting evidence to say, I knew I was right. I'm horrible. I'm disgusting. Because yeah. your mean girl has already been telling you that. If you hear it from elsewhere, it just <laughs> becomes the only thing you can hear. That's a, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's really interesting thinking back because, you know, what I do mainly think about actually is the times after the marriage. Yeah. Um, like I talk a little bit about the marriage, like because obviously the marriage was good, you know, in the beginning. Like, you know, I was quite young though um, and he slowly became worse and worse. Now I can look back at it now and realise, you know, that knowing the mother my mother-in-law, I shouldn't have been surprised. But okay. you are surprised, you know, yeah, like, sure. and, and things grow slowly so you don't realise even what's being done to you. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily need to dwell on his story too much because mm. I don't think mm. that's useful. Yeah, no. We all have, you know, we all have reasons for behaving in the way that we do, whether they're explainable or hidden or take some unpacking, whatever it is. I'd love to know, though, you mentioned about, what you expected, you you wanted to become what you thought was the best version of being a wife and a mum. Can, can I draw back a little bit to where do you think those expectations came from? You know, I think they're generational expectations, you know, like my my mother, God bless her, um, you know, was a t like a little, she was a teeny tiny ballet dancer. So let's go back to the suggestive language, teeny tiny ballet dancer. She had a four kilo baby. So, you know, is the little mother with the big baby. So the big, the, the you know, thing about my weight really harks back from when I was born, to be honest. Wow. But, you know, you're to be a lady. Um, you know, you should be a lady. Don't be too noisy. Don't be too flamboyant. Don't be too out there. You know, see with your legs crossed. Um, you know, she was a homemaker. Um, you know, I was very different. Um, and I guess going into a marriage at 23, you know, wow. that there was just this sort of certain expectations of, you know, what being a wife is, like cooking dinner. I actually don't cook. I'm not very good at it. I really <laughs> I don't, don't like it. Animals. I don't I don't like cooking. I only have a kitchen because it comes with the house, basically. <laughs> um we have like Neasy now. Food. <laughs> yeah. We've like Neasy now and it's amazing. Um but you know, he, like he expected me to cook dinner like you, you know you're lousy why don't you cook dinner I'm like well because I don't know and then he got really health conscious so my cooking wasn't good enough um that's yeah 
So you think having a, a very traditional mom and, and you mentioned generational. And what I love about that actually is we are the new breed of the generational yeah. role models. So our girls get to decide that's not, that's not how I want it to work for me. They don't have to yes. see what everybody else does. They go, oh, my mom chose to do it differently. My mom chose to do it differently. That's us doing that. That is 100% correct. I know, um, you know, my daughter looks at the way I am now and the things I've done and, you know, she and, and she has a very poor relationship with her father as well um, because once he lost control of me, it kind of moved to her. Okay. Um, so she is very much not in contact with him now, which I find very sad, but it is life, isn't it, you know? And she's an adult now, isn't she? So that's she really is. Great. Yeah. And she did say to me one time, I was saying to her, I, I feel so sad because I actually lost my dad when I was 23, um, just a few months after we got married. Right. And I said, I'm, I'm so sad. You know, you're 23. You know, I lost my dad when you were that age. And I, I had a very good relationship with my father. And I'm like, you know, it just makes me really sad to think that you don't have that relationship. She said, well, she said, mum, she said, I've never missed out on anything because I have David. So my current husband, um, who I've been with for 16 years now, is David, and he's just stepped up to the mark yeah. with her. And, you know, they adore each other. He refers to her as his daughter. Um, you know, we, yeah, she doesn't feel like she's, she's not lacking. Happy. Yeah. Not at all. Not oh, at all. Right. That made me really happy because, you know, we all go back to that like, oh, my gosh, maybe maybe if I'd worked harder to keep the marriage you know, alive. Maybe, maybe it was, it was my fault this has happened. Um, you know, I should, you- have I should have got skinnier. I should not have been so confrontational. Um, and how do you then rewire that for yourself? How do you change that language now? If, if these thoughts come, how do you then see that? I'm going to be honest and say they don't come anymore. Um, okay. But that's, you know, I this breakup happened, you know, 17 and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and so let's, I, let's go back to that. Let's talk about this lady who was wearing black, dark yes. hair, wanting to be in the background, opinionated but not living your authentic, gorgeous self. What job were you doing at the time? So I really, when we divorced, I really wasn't working at all because I didn't particularly need to. I was doing a few days a week helping out a friend okay. um, in marketing. Yeah. I'm a graphic designer. Um and that's my that's my background um, for thirty five years. Yeah. So I am eternally grateful, and I always say this to Chelsea, my daughter, and any young person that will listen to me, is you know, when you're thinking about a career, think of a career that always will allow you to stand on your own two feet when life is not the fairy tale that we all expect it to be. That's really important to me. It's really I tell Chelsea's friends, I tell everybody. Um, that's one of the driving reasons behind actually what I now do as a career is to help women stand on their own two feet because, you know, I see, I've seen so many women get divorced and fall apart and lose their homes and, you know, end up like, you know, not on the streets, but, you know, just broken and living in, you know, dodgy accommodation and struggle financially. Yeah, because they've given their all to their their husbands and their children, and they haven't allowed themselves to bloom. So I'm eternally grateful that I always had a career. Um, I, as I said, not at that time because I didn't really need to be doing yeah. uh, working. And Chelsea was 
six going on seven. Um, but, you know, I was pretty lucky that I was able to go back to work yeah. quickly. Yeah. Okay. So you're wearing black. You're not working very much. The marriage is falling apart. What's the journey from that version of Jen to the version of Jen who could go on to meet David less than a year or less than two years out of divorce and blossom in the way that you have? What's What was the catalyst there? What happened? What was the magic? So, so what, I think the biggest catalyst actually was we were discussing the house, my ex-husband and I, and discussing financial um, separations. And I said to him, you know, I, I think I might buy you out of this home. And he said, you won't be able to do that. I remember this part of the story and I just love it. (laughs) And I said, well, you just watch me. You know, this is not something you say to a Torian woman. Um, (laughs) Watch me. And then, Same two of Aries, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. I was going to say, us Torians are very, very stubborn. (laughs) And when someone says you can't do that, I'm like, Yes, I can. Um, I did. 12 months later, I actually bought him out of our family home with the largest mortgage that the mortgage broker I used had ever got for a single female. And I built up a business that allowed me to be able to do that. And that is why I'm so passionate about making sure other women have the opportunity to do that. Um, So that really made me think, hang on, I can do whatever I like. Yeah, on the back, I can do whatever the heck I like. Um, and that, that sort of, you know, powered me on, um, there's a funny story about meeting David. Um, my ex-husband rang me and said, oh, he says, I'm on an online dating, um, thing. You should go and have a look at it. You know, you, you probably need to do that. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. Thanks for the advice, ex-husband. Yeah, I know. I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks a lot. (laughs) But then of course I'm like, oh my gosh, so. He's on, it was match.com, I'll use the name. Yeah. I need to go and have a look. I need to go have a look at his profile. But to look at the profile, you needed to join. You needed to create your own profile. You needed to actually, you know, fill it in. So I did all that and then I found his profile and I had a giggle and I went home from work. And by the time I got home, someone had sent me a message. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Like, that wasn't my intention. That's not my intention. Anyway, yeah, I started talking to this guy and he was really nice. And then I thought, actually, this is quite fun because I was, I'm never getting married again. I'm done. I'm working. I'm looking after my mum because my mum was with us as well. And that was another reason I decided to buy, buy David, my ex, my first husband is David. My second husband is David. I have D1 okay. and D2 um, to buy him out because I thought, okay, what's going to be easier? moving everybody, selling up, moving out, trying to find a new home, a smaller home, bending us all in and not killing each other or just working really hard. So I thought working really hard might be better than, you know, killing my mother and ending up in jail because... At this point, just to recap, at this point you're recently divorced, you're financially or you're supporting your daughter and your mother in a house that you weren't really sure you could afford and you're like, watch me, I'll buy you out. Yes. Okay, beautiful. So... Come back to the story now. You've you've signed up to match.com. You've had a giggle at your ex being on there. I do. I do ramble. I have a tendency. No, I love it. I love it. I'm I'm just recapping. All good. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I actually, you know, dived into the world of online dating and I had a lot of fun and it actually really helped. I know people say, oh, you know, it's not empowering. For me, it was empowering because the fact that people actually found me interesting enough and nice enough to go out with 
um, was mind-blowing to me because I did not think that would ever happen. Jen, I I don't tell this to many people and now I'm telling anyone who's listening, but my (laughs) ex-husband made me feel completely undesirable. Like I was lucky to be looked at by him alone, let alone anybody else. Exactly. And it wasn't until I left that marriage and started dating went, oh, oh, my God. I'm all right. I can. So you get, you absolutely understand where I was coming from. I would, I would honestly recommend it (laughs) because one, you know, you make friends. I've got friends that I'm guys that I met that, you know, we didn't click with that way, but we're still friends. Yeah. Catch up every now and then for a coffee or a drink. Um, You know, we're friends on Facebook. I see what they're doing in their lives. They see what I'm doing in mine. It's, it's really quite nice. And it's nice to have male company to hang out with because, you know, Sometimes we be- we can become very men hating, and it's nice to see that there's actually really decent chaps out there. Um, yeah, I think if you're going to the, I think if you're going to go into the dating world soon after a divorce, though, I, I would want to coach someone to get prepared for that, or to at least say approach it with curiosity, not with yes. expectations. Right, so approach it with an open mind, but not with the expectations that you're going to meet fabulous men who are going to sweep you off your feet because there's oh, also a bit of a shit show. There's a lot of toads amongst the <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't meet David for D2. probably like nine months. Yeah, D2 for nine months, nine months of, of of dating and going on and going off and, you know, just kind of just having some fun. And I did not do this within the first few months. No, exactly. No, I had to be a good up. year before yeah, I was. Exactly. It was a good year. Yeah, um, I had to, you know, good. and I had a business to build up and, yeah. you know, get, get like the finances sorted. And, yeah. you know, he was off, you know, living his new life. I had Chelsea probably 95% of the time. Um, so, you know, the, yeah, the opportunities weren't there. And I'm glad it gave me time to realize I can, I can do the things that I set my mind to. I was just writing down evidence that I can do difficult things. I wanted to ask you, was it the the evidence that you could do difficult things, like get the biggest mortgage for a single woman at the time, like buy your ex-partner out of the house, like go on dates, um, support your mom and your daughter? Was it that evidence or was it more meeting people who found you interesting? Which one of those, or maybe it was a combination of both, that helped you blossom really? I think it's a combination. Yeah. So you were seeing external evidence that people were finding you interesting. Yeah. You were worthy and you're reprogramming all that negative stuff from the marriage. marriage. And you're proving it to yourself too with just evidence-based, look at what I've done. I've built a business. That's incredible. Yeah, it really, that. yeah, it was that combination um, of everything that sort of, it gave me the confidence to then, you know, meet David and trust him enough to, you know, let him into my world, of which I was very protective yeah, um, because I'd worked very hard for that and, you know, let him in and, you know, introduce him to Charles, introduce him to my mum and realise that, you know, he was actually the best thing that's ever happened to me and, you know, he's, he's an amazing man and he... Supports me in everything that I do. Um, look, we tiff, you know, we yell at each other. You know, we're both very strong personalities. We're both pretty flamboyant. Um, but, you know, we're we're, t- we're a team. We're really, truly a team. And it's really nice to see that 
from, you know, despondency and me at times not even wanting to get out of bed, the despair was so great, to actually, you know, meeting someone, realising, yes, there are good men out there that, you know, want to be a part of your life that aren't gaslighting you and making you feel like crap. They don't want you to feel like that. They want you to feel good because when you feel good, they're happy. Yeah, that's true. So how did you get from the lady who wears black with dark hair to the lady with so much colour and pink hair? Was it a gradual thing or was it, oh, my gosh, I understand who I am more. I need to play with this. This actually was a very long journey. It only really happened a few years ago. Oh, wow. Um, Because, you know, it's interesting that programming that you receive is very hard to break and it's irrelevant how much someone tells you you're great if you don't believe them it's it it, it doesn't mean anything that's right so it was actually um in 2021 okay so i begun to okay so in in 2020 at the age of 52 i was made redundant mm-hmm. from my corporate brand designer's job And that was my comfort zone and I was still fitting myself into the box of being a corporate designer Um, and that was my safety zone and my comfort zone and I was really devastated when that happened. And I had just dyed my hair pink, not this bright pink, but a pink. My hairdresser talked me into it, bless her. She's, She's in her 60s and she's like, you know, if you don't like it, you can always just dye it back. I'm like, point taken, yes, I can. And Yeah, I fell in love with it and went, oh, my gosh, I love this hair. Um, It makes me feel happy. And it just kind of went on from there. I discovered a clothing label called Little Party Dress. They had bright dresses. I'm like, I might just try one. And I still felt very self-conscious because, you know, my dear mum had always said, you know, Jennifer, you look so lovely in black. It's so flattering, you know. Um, So you, you believe these things. So, you know, I I put this really bright dress on and I went out and I went, I I feel like everyone's staring at me. Um, But, you know, I I just kept on going because it did make me feel quite happy. So after the redundancy, I was lucky enough, I was working with business coaches. They said to me, Jen, you you need to make use of your experience. Like, you know, you need to to work for yourself. You need to build a business. Mm -hmm. So I did. And then I found out my brand personality. Um, Now, I am a brand coach and strategist and Mm -hmm. I work with brand personality. So I found out my own and that gave me permission. I'm a creator magician, but it gave me permission to step into my creativity, which was always there, but was just pushed right down underneath societal expectations. Um, or, and or the industry that you're in meant that you were applying that elsewhere and maybe you hadn't made the investment to apply it on yourself and your own business because you were bringing that creativity forward yeah. for other people. Well, interesting enough, as, as a corporate designer, the creativity was very limited. Yeah. So, you know, I now, I now call the day I was made redundant my rebirth day. Um, because it was like I was, I ritually, really was rebirthed. So, oh, you know, I thank you. Cause that, that is foundation shattering being made redundant. It is, it, it upsets everything, right? It, it, it has so much. Um, how long did it take you then to realize, how long did it take you to set up your own business? I know that there's a, a need to do that. So was that quite quick? 
Yes, that was quite quick. Um, yeah. You know, I started building the business. I was made redundant in October and I started pretty much getting myself out there in January. Okay, fast. Um, so nice. Quite quickly. But that was, you know, after deciding what am I going to do, but, you know, the business coaches I was working with were like, really, you need to give this a shot. You know, what have you got to lose? I'm like, yeah. well, nothing really. Yeah. Um, so that's when I sort of went, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And so then I discovered the brand personalities. Then I realized the fun of actually knowing your brand personality and living that personality. Yeah, beautiful. Um, but inside me, you know, and I built up, like I built up quite a successful business. You know, I launched courses that sold out. Um, but inside me, you know, you get to this level, sometimes you go, I can't move any further. Like something's still weighing me down. And Whilst I looked confident and looked colourful, um, inside I still was not. I was still scared of being outside my box, scared of being of gaining too much attention. Like I would think if people looked at me, they were looking at me going, look at her, she's so fat and ugly. You know, thank you from the, you know, all that work that was done to me. Um then I discovered suggestive language. And what I realized is that suggestive language is something that you hear a lot of and you then think that that's what you are, i.e. you should always wear black. It's so flattering. You're so flamboyant. You know, I don't know where that comes from. Jen, you're too loud. Ladies should be quieter. Um, and I realized um, I was on a, co a call with um, in a mastermind with a business coach and she told us about this suggestive language. I got off the phone and I cried because right. what I realized is that I'd let so much of my life be dictated by what I thought others thought of me that even good ones, meals, right? All of, yeah, all of that yeah. suggestive yeah. coding, I isn't it? Program. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'd missed out on so much. Like I didn't want to get in photos with my daughter because I thought I was too fat to be in them. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't. Breaking. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get in a costume for 15 years. I got in that costume in October last year and I swam and I had a great time. But I, I wouldn't get myself in a costume because it was like, no, no, everyone's going to be looking at me going like, oh, my God, she's so revolting. You know, I got. When before um, we met up in Palm Springs, I was in Hawaii and I got, we were on a boat and we were going to go snorkeling. I want to go snorkeling with the turtles. Um, and I was on a boat with 50 people and I'm there in my cozy. And you know what? None of them paid any attention to me whatsoever. No. And this is the thing. It's all in our heads. Yeah, exactly. It's all what our nasty, you know, well, it's all of this, what the suggestive language is told to us. And then it's all about the mean girl. So that was in the, the that first sort of um it, it was like a you know like a mind blowing thing. It wasn't just like a light bulb going on. It was like a brain explosion. Like this is why I've been. This is why I'm like I am. This is what's been holding me back. This is what has yeah what has been holding me back for all these years. I knew I could do anything I wanted to. I mean, I got that mortgage. Yeah, you know, I, I business and yeah, raised I, a child and exactly and yeah and. But what I realized was always holding me back was my perception of myself was vastly different to how others perceived me. Yeah. And that was through all the suggestive language and the limiting beliefs. So I spent the majority of 22 working through all that stuff because, you know, you can't build a strong business without a strong mind and without a strong belief in yourself. And, uh, yeah, 
Does that lead really nicely to me asking about what do you do for business now? Yes, it does. <laughs> because my business is actually built on helping women, well, helping women become a flamingo and a flock of seagulls, helping their brand uh, become a, a flamingo and a flock of seagulls. I'm a brand coach, brand joy coach and stylist, and I run courses mainly for startup businesses. That's who I love to help because as I said earlier, you know, sometimes life is in the fairy tale. We all wanted it to be. Yeah. And unless we have some way of supporting ourselves, you know, we're going to, we're going to end up broken. And I want to help every woman build a sustainable business. So if something bad happens to them, they can support themselves and their family. No. And that starts with brand foundations for me. That's what I teach. So, you know, I always say to, you know, anyone I'm talking to, it's like think about building a house. You know, you're building the house, you're doing all the pretty stuff, the kitchen, the design, yeah. Um, you know, the design. But if that is not built, if you build that house on sand rather than strong foundations, what's going to happen to it? It's going to wobble, things are going to fall off. Eventually, you're going to have to move out. And that's what happens with a business. If you don't build those strong foundations underneath it, you're never happy because you're kind of like, oh, but. I'm not sure you take your, you're very, you get very overwhelmed, very confused. You chase your child in confusion and drive away the people that you actually want to attract. Yeah. So it must be so wonderful working with startup women day in, day out and really unpicking what it is that they're trying to achieve and what does that look like and what does that, you know, it, it must be lovely. Let it me, let me ask thing. you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, let me ask you about the flamingo in a flock of seagulls because you shared in Palm Springs about the flamingo, a fact that I'd never heard before and I just loved it. Could you share that? So that's actually a baby business that I'm starting and I've got a podcast launching myself on the 23rd of June. Um, called Bring Back Your Pink because what happens is that when flamingos are actively parenting, they're not eating the right food and they're stressed, they fade, they lose their pink. And I when they baby let's just, let me just re say that again because I just think it's so lovely. When a flamingo is not looking after herself well enough, when she's spending most of her time looking after her like parenting role, and yes. she's not doing enough self care and eating well enough, she loses her pink. She does. She, she becomes pale. Oh. She does. So she relatable. Does so many women, forty plus actually are feeling this way. Yes, um, so relatable. Yeah, their children are growing up, they're not needing them, and they're left going, right, well, what is my mission in life right now? What am I going to do? Um, and they do feel faded. They feel a past their use-by date. And I'm here to tell you that's not the truth because, you know, once women you start, like us who yep. blossom in their 40s, absolutely. Once you start looking after yourself um, and eating the right foods and you know, loving yourself, you can bring back your pink. And that is actually my mission is to help women bring back their pink, both in my branding. Yeah. But bring bring back your pink is, I guess it's like a passion project because, you know, as a midlife woman, woman who regained her pink yeah. after 50, yeah. um, I know there's so many of us out there that are just feeling faded. And it doesn't have to be like that. You know, you're never too old. It is never too late to live your best life. I know people say, you know, living my best life, it's very cliched, but it's actually not. It's true. Like we can live our best lives, which is I what I'm thinking. Beautiful, Jen. Like you're talking about 
you were in your 40s, if I'm right, when you met David? No, you've been yes, together. Yes, I was, I was 40. Right, which is incredible. I just I find this so relatable because you're right. Um, people coming out of marriages have to deconstruct themselves, rebuild again. And women who are rebuilding in their 40s and 50s, we build pretty special stuff. We it's do. Really, yeah. We build relationships that are different and mature and better. We are, you know, building businesses that are m- more often than not actually doing better for the, the world around us. You know, it's yes. not about getting some money in. It's about no. spreading joy or spreading benefit beyond our small circle mm-hmm. and taking it broad. I think we're pretty impressive. Just going to like... Women in our 40s and 50s, we're all right. We kind of are. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're actually pretty cool. We're doing all right. (laughs) And it is funny because, well, actually, I have a funny story because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I'm 55, so a lot of people think, you know, 55, you know, at home by the fire and your slippers knitting. One, I don't know how to knit. Domestic, (laughs) I am not. Two, I do have slippers and I love my slippers and they're hot pink and they're fluffy. (laughs) However, I was going up the stairs and the um, on the other day with them on and I fell over them, smashed my elbow, hurt myself, went, these slippers are very dangerous. So, ladies, if you're listening, beware of slippers no, because no knitting, they, can, no they can try and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, Jen, is there anything else about your story to, that you think you would like to share with my audience about? So most of my listeners are either going through divorce or thinking about going through divorce because their marriage is pretty shitty. And a lot of them really struggle to make, to, to believe that out the other end of that it can be so much better. Is there anything you would want to share about your story that might give them confidence? 100%. Because a lot of people have said, oh, my gosh, you know, you're so strong. You know, you've got done this. You've brought out your ex-husband. But I'm nobody special. I'm just a normal woman that did what I needed to do. And everybody has that in them. Everybody has the capability to do that. And you just need to put your mind to it. I know I know how hard it is when you're coming out of these marriages. And like, as I said, you know, there were days that I was lying in bed thinking, I can't get up. Literally, I wish I could close my eyes and never wake up again. I, I like, I truly understand the pain. But it can be done. Um, and trust me, the feeling of liberation and empowerment when you do it is amazing. And just remember, I'm just a normal woman. I'm nobody special. So if I can do it, you sure as heck can too. That's what I love. Thanks, Jen. Um, how can people find you? Well, um, in the notes, but also just tell us what are your Instagram handles? How do they yeah. find you? And- my both, my two Instagram handles are Jen B B E because I like to empower women to be who they want to be. Um, Jen B E Brands. Mm-hmm. and also bring back your pink excellent well i can't wait to hear your podcast in a couple of weeks i'm very excited about it <laughs> i know you should be podcasting's great you get to do interviews and discussions like this i know i work. know that's awesome i always thought nobody would want and you know again this is another thing i was always like nobody's gonna want to hear what you've got to say you know what i've realized that actually people do want to hear what i have right. to say that's because right. you know i feel if i can help one person who, you know, might listen to the podcast or listen to this episode, one person feels like they can go do the thing because they've listened to this. My job is done. 
I know, it's so good. Isn't that awesome to think that we've helped people? Exactly. So, it is. And the podcast came. <laughs> I look forward to listening to it. I'm going to link in the show notes how people can find you and what's your website so we can look at the different um, courses that you have as well. Do you still? Yeah. Yes. JenBBrands.com. But remember, BE Brands. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks so much for your time, Jen. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's I, I, I mean, you know, it's it's not an easy story to tell. It's sometimes not an easy story to hear, but it is good for people to know that these sorts of things can be done. Exactly, there is life after divorce. A A good life, beautiful, colorful, wonderful life. Wonderful turtles in Hawaii, running your own business in love, and show cats. We didn't even talk about the cats. If you want to know more about Jen's fabulous crazy cat lady you'll you've got to follow her (laughs) my cats feature in my socials quite frequently (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thanks for listening i hope you took something of value out of this episode i'm your host becca maxwell and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on instagram at dodivorceright i look forward to connecting with you there